Good morning, everyone. Is everyone awake yet? It's a good start. Good morning to all of you at home as well. Um, so, so this morning, I, I was considering um, preaching about Jesus turning water into wine. But I had a problem because I couldn't work out whether it was a party or a work event. So... <laughs> um, credit to Andy for that. Um, bad jokes are always Andy's. I told you that last week, didn't I? So, uh, <laughs> so um, we're continuing our series today that we've called Kingdom Carriers. Um, followers of Jesus are kingdom carriers. We carry God's presence wherever we go. And in that presence, we carry power to heal, power to set free, and to be good news to those in need. Now, if you're here and you're exploring faith today, you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you are so very welcome. But there's an invitation for you to experience life in its fullness. There's an exciting journey that you are invited into, and I hope that you pick up on some of that as I share some things today. So to help us focus in on this, we are going to focus in on two verses which Jesus himself quoted when he was in his hometown synagogue. Um, these verses were from the book of Isaiah and were part of a messianic prophecy. What that means for you and I is that Jesus, when he quotes these verses, is announcing to the world his arrival as Messiah, the saviour of the world. So we're going to turn in our Bibles to Luke 4, um, verses 18 and 19. Um, and as followers of Jesus, these words, as we unpacked last week, are also true for us. Um, and like last week, I would like us to do something a little bit different. Um, I'd love us to stand if we're able to. So if you want to stand with me, and we're going to read these words together. And then I'm going to pray for us. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Lord, we pray today that these words would become true of our lives. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and fill us right now, that we might carry your good news to all those in need around us. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you take a seat? So over these next six weeks, we're going to be unpacking these words, these verses line by line, exploring what it means to be kingdom carriers. And today we're going to press into the second part of verse 18, to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, what does it mean to be carriers of good news to those in need? Now, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells a story about a good Samaritan. And, and it may be familiar to many of us, which is why I'm going to read it today from the message as I just long for us all to hear this with fresh ears. So the words are going to come up behind me. You can bring up your own Bibles just to check that these are the right words that I'm speaking. Uh, but we're going to read from verse 25 of Luke 10. I'm going to read from the message, as I said. And it's entitled, Defining Neighbor. Just then, a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered, 
what's written in God's law. How do you interpret it? He said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and power and with your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you'll live. Looking for a loophole, he asked, and just how would you define neighbor? Jesus answered by telling a story, as he often did. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling the road came on him. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him into an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by the robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded. Jesus said, go and do the same. I love those words. This morning, I'm going to share three ways that we can be carriers of good news. Um, And then I'm going to share an update on some of the compassion projects that we are running here at Riverside and, and opportunities for us all to be involved in carrying good news to those around us. So being carriers of good news, I believe, starts with loving God first. This religious scholar, he goes up to Jesus and asks him what he can do to inherit eternal life. What a question. Jesus responds with a question himself. He says, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? The religious scholar answers Jesus, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence. And Jesus likes his answer. He says, do this and you'll live. And I find it interesting here. Jesus' Jesus focus doesn't seem to be on eternal life. His focus seems to be on living life now. You see, living a good life starts with putting God first. It's loving God with everything. And I love the way that it's put in here. All your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence. Every ounce of our being. You see, we can't be carriers of good news unless that good news lives inside us. And that means putting God first, making him Lord of everything, of our relationships, how we parent our kids, how we work, what we watch, what we read or listen to. And perhaps the biggest indicator of who or what is important to us is how we spend our time and our money. And my, my sense is just at the start of a new year, this is a great opportunity to evaluate how we're doing in these areas. So I wonder if you had a calendar in front of you right now that documented how you spend every minute of your day, would it show that Jesus is Lord of your life? Or would it show something else? Would it show that maybe Netflix is the Lord of your life? Maybe work is the Lord of your life? Maybe it's your phone that's the Lord of your life. Let's prioritize Jesus with our time. 
And I think it can be really helpful that we start with the Bible. And I want to encourage you to take a step today. If you know that you're not reading the Bible very often, maybe you just pick it up once a week when you're at church. If you're not reading at all, I want to encourage you, try the U version. There's a Bible app on your phone. You can start the verse a day. You get one verse, one video, one prayer. It's a really great place to start, and you'll see that pop up behind me. You can just go to bible.com, really straightforward, download it onto your phone if you can do that, and that's a really simple way to be connecting with the Bible each day. Make sure you set up reminders, that kind of thing. Really, really good. Um, Maybe for you, this is the year that you read the Bible in one year. You've actually only got a few days to catch up, and if you can do the catch up, or you can just finish 15 days late next year, what a really great thing to do to invest in Maybe for some of us, it's time to go deeper in our study and understanding of Scripture. What I want to encourage all of us is to take a step today. Now, we also have a great resources page on our website, um, resources to help us to worship. You know, maybe you just need to put on more Christian music on in your house or in your car or when you're getting ready for it to go out. There's some helpful practice on on there, as well as some Bible plans as well. And if you want to chat to any of us, chat to someone at the back, chat to one of us. We'd love to help you engage with the Bible more. So let's make Jesus Lord of our time, but also Lord of our finances as well. You see, Jesus talked an awful lot about money. I don't know if you've noticed that. If you read any of the Gospels, if you remember those stories, the parables that he told, 40% of those were about money. In the Bible as a whole, there are around 500 verses about prayer. Prayer is important, right? If you're a follower of Jesus, that's really key. About 500 verses around faith. But there are about 2,000 verses on money. For followers of Jesus, this is really important. And it matters that we try and get this right. If you're not yet following Jesus, you are exempt right now from what I'm about to share. I want to share a little bit you a little, with you a little bit about what myself and Kathy do. Our biggest priority is to give to God first. In other words, it's the first thing. Our giving comes out of the, our bank account each month, before our bills, before our shopping, before our mortgage. And it stops us relying on ourselves for everything we need. And it helps us to trust in a loving, generous God who, first of all, gave us everything that we have from the breath that we breathe and onwards. And when we put him first, I believe he looks after us. In my own life, I remember when our eldest son was born, we were completely reliant on um, the old job that I did. I had a very low salary. Um, Kathy wasn't working because she was, she was looking after um, Josh, who's now 13. But, you know, so this is going back a few years now. But there were some months we simply didn't have enough money to get by. We didn't have enough money to pay all the bills, um, to pay our rent, to feed us. And yet we had still chosen to give to God first. And you know what? God provided. He showed up in the most extraordinary ways. I remember through storehouse at our own church, baby seats, food sometimes, unexpected gifts, meals on the doorstep. We never went without. And that's just a testament to God's faithfulness in our lives. So where can we start on this journey of giving? The simple answer I just want to say is to start from where you are today. Maybe you're studying right now and you have no income. 
Can I encourage you to perhaps start with the, the price of a drink and give that? If you are earning, 10% can be a really good place to start. But for some of us, that sounds an awful lot. So I'd encourage you, take a step today. Now, on your seats is this, is this giving leaflet here. Why, why don't you pick it up and wave it to me? I know I've seen them around. There we go. If anything, if it's a bit warm in here, you can cool yourself down. Um, now, you can, you can find all the details in here online as well on our giving page. Um, and there's some really important questions that we might want to unpack here. There's things like, you know, like, should I give to my local church? The answer to that is yes. Um, what about tithing? That kind of thing. And more about why giving is important as well. Now, you can find all the details on, the, on, the, uh, on uh, either side of me here. Um, but also you can go online to do that. But I, I want to point you today towards the final couple of pages here. Um, you've got the standing order form and the gift aid declaration as well. And the way that if you want to take a step today towards regular giving, you can fill out your details on that standing order form. You can hand it into one of the boxes at the back. So there, there, are, uh, there are envelope boxes on the back there where you can pass that to one of us as well. Um, and we can help you start a journey. You know, if you've got a gift aid form, that enables you to claim 25% extra from the bank as well. So tick to fill out your details there. Now, what we do is we instruct our bank to take our giving to the church on the first day of each month, so we don't have to remember it. But for some of us, it's important to bring our offering into church. And so we have envelopes on the side, either side of, um, of me here as well. Um, and there are packs of 12 there that you can take home, bring back in, so you can bring your giving in each month. I just really encourage you, if that's the way that you want to give, make sure you put your details on there. It will remain anonymous, but it will help, it, it will help us to be able to, to know who you are and to um, also tick that gift aid box on there, and it enables us to claim money back from the tax man at no cost to you. And like I said, everything is on the giving page on the website. You can find that gift aid form. You can set up a regular bank transfer. And if you're doing that, please do select the direct debit option because, um, rather than card because that just means there's a lower cost to us as well. So just in this moment, I just want to encourage us to bring our giving to the Lord. And maybe just ask him what he wants you to give in this moment. And maybe there's a step that we can take today. Ask him, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do next? Perhaps you've never given. I just want to encourage you today to begin to give something. If you give sporadically, let's commit to giving regularly. And if you, begive, if you give regularly, why don't you begin to tithe, to give 10% of what you, you earn? And if you tithe, it's an opportunity to give extravagantly. So Lord, we thank you for all that you have given us. We thank you that everything that we have comes from you. And I pray that for each one of us, you would help us to take a step today. Lord, I thank you that you invite us into a place of outrageous generosity. So Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the second part of the answer 
that if we go back to this passage that this religious scholar gives is to love our neighbor. And this is, I believe, the second part of, of being good news, carrying good news to those around us. Now, this guy clearly knows his scriptures, and Jesus likes his answer, doesn't he? And yet, he pushes Jesus, trying to find a loophole. Now, whenever I see this kind of thing happen in the Gospels, I know that it's not going to go well for that person, because Jesus always manages to come back with something. I love that. So what is a neighbor, he asks. And so Jesus tells him a story about a man who was attacked on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. And I've known this story for years and years and years, but the older I get, the more this story convicts me because I see myself in it and not where I want to be. You see, it's the actions of the men of faith that get me. The priest saw this guy broken, bruised, and angled across to the other side. The Levite shows up, but avoids the injured man. How many times have you and I angled across to the other side of the street when we see a homeless person in front of us? How many times have we ignored that message on our phone? How many times have we pretended we're on a call as we walk past the the ever-so-chatty neighbor or colleague? You see, it's more than just being in the right place. We have to really love our neighbor. Now, the Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't get on. But in this story, it's the Samaritan who shows love to his enemy. And I believe that each one of us can learn so much from this kindness. You know, we can show up at church every Sunday. We can know our Bibles inside out. We can know every word to every song that we sing. But our faith must lead to action. So what should we do? And Jesus has this really simple answer that is hugely challenging. That's how all he does, isn't it? He kind of simplifies things down to one thing, and then you realize the impact of that simple action. He says, simply go and do the same. So how can we do that? How can we carry good news to those that are in need around us? Now, I'm going to spend some time talking now about some of the ways that we as a church um, get involved in serving those in need within our community, and then give each one of us some practical ways that we can get involved, helping each one of us on this journey in carrying good news to those around us. And you know what? There is good news for those of us that are involved in being compassionate. Actually, it's good for us. You know, it helps us on that level. It helps us to be part of a team and things like that but there's an opportunity to serve those in need today. Now, at the end, there's going to be an opportunity for those that are in the room. We have some points at the back um, where you can go and talk to the people that head up the different things I'm going to be talking about, um, and you can talk to them about how you can get involved. If you're online, there's a form that you can fill out um, so you can find out more and we can get in touch with you and get you connected with the right people. Now, very simply, at, it, at, its root, at its root, we want to express God's love to those around us with compassion and generosity. Now, since October last year, um, Tatiani Bello has been overseeing our compassion ministries. And so that storehouse, and increasingly there are more things that we're involved in as well. So there are things like Job Club, and I think there's a slide that's going to pop up. 
we could click onto the next side, Ola. We just need to skip on a couple, actually. There we go. So you can see the different areas that we're starting to get involved in. I'm going to talk about some of these. So there's the job club, there's money advice, and there's the harbour project as well. If we just jump back a little bit, just for a moment. So one of the, the most visible expressions of compassion in our church right now is storehouse. So providing food, children's clothing, and equipment for those in need in our church family and also within our communities. Storehouse has been around for nearly 30 years. It started out in a garage and has grown into what we see today. Um, it's overseen by Karen and Shabnam, as well as an amazing team of volunteers. And the team do an amazing job. But the needs are growing. Um, as of last week, um, we shared an update that we, since the beginning of December, had had 32 new referrals. We urgently need your help because there is, a, there is an increasing need in our community right now. The first way that you can help is with food. So I want to encourage you each Sunday to bring in food every time you come into church. You see that drop-off point at the front of the church. You can put your stuff in there as you come in each Sunday. Maybe you just want to simply add a couple of items to your food shop, um, pick up a couple of extra cans or items as you do your weekly shop. You know, we'd love to fill in the gaps on the shelves. Now, the items um, are available on the website, um, and also um, you can find all the details on the, on the forms at the back as well. So there should be copies um, of those as well. Um, now, you can also, if you don't come to church as often as you used to, for whatever reason, there are a number of drop-off points um, actually going to be nearby you. So you can go onto the website again to look for those. If you realize that there's not one near you, why would you consider setting up a drop-off point for people in your community to engage in compassion so that you can lead your community in that area and bring items into, into the church center when you can? Again, all the details for that are on the website. Secondly, we would love your practical help. We, we need help in all sorts of areas. So there's sorting food. We need drivers who can pick up items. People who don't mind doing a little bit of heavy lifting or a bit of DIY. People to chat and pray with clients. People good with administration. So I wonder, could you offer a few hours of your time on a Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, or another time during the week to carry good news to those in need in our communities. Now, alongside Storehouse, we have the harbour. The harbour is something we're really excited about. And, and very simply, it exists to offer a place of calm amidst the stormy seas of life. Um, so Peter and Judy head that up. I, I, Peter and Judy are here. I saw them a moment ago. Um, but they are really passionate about improving the mental health and well-being of the people of Feltham and the London Borough of Hounslow. And they've been using the cafe space to, um, to help a number of external mental health groups to come in and use that space and find a, a place of calm. And they're also serving our storehouse clients and volunteers um, and helping our Thursday morning drop-in group as well. So I just, if that stirs something in you, maybe you have a passion for those struggling with mental health right now, could you come and be part of the team? Could you serve drinks? Could you talk to people? Could you make a real difference in people's lives? Now, Storehouse has done the most incredible job in, in helping people with their basic needs, 
But, you know, as we've dreamed and prayed, we've sensed that the Lord is stirring something in, in two specific areas. And we talked about this last April, particularly around finances and employment. So we talked about opening a, a money advice center and a job club. Um, and behind the scenes, um, there's a number of people that have been working extremely hard to make this happen. Um, and so I'm really delighted to give you an update on that today. Firstly, our Money Advice Center. So with Community Money Advice, an amazing organization, we are launching a Money Advice Center to help anyone who is in financial difficulty. So that may be within you know, one of us. It may be someone within our community. Um, offering face-to-face -face support, offering help in managing budgets, and pointing those in, in desperate need, those who need debt advisors, towards the help that they need externally as well. And I'm delighted to let you know that next month we're going to be launching that softly, and then we're going to go and push it hard in March. So we're really excited to create that space. And Kim is going to be heading that up. Kim has done an awful lot of work in doing that. So thank you, Kim. Um, you know, we would love people who could, who could pray for, for people, people who could mentor others, people who could provide behind the scenes admin at a time that works for you. And if you're interested in that, why don't you go and talk to Kim at the end? She'll be at the back. So excited for this. The second thing is the job club. And, and I want to share a very short video now. Um, and, and I think this just sums up why we're doing all of this. It's a video from Christians Against Poverty Cap who are helping us to, to launch this job club. If it's good to go, Ola, fantastic. Have a look at this. This is Ben's story. Life didn't pan out the way I really would have liked it to be. You know, I had dreams, I had goals, I had ambitions. Applying for these jobs and, and never hearing back, it was... It was more like frustration, like I was frustrated that I couldn't get anywhere. Also, there was a lot of mental abuse from my stepfather. I didn't want to go down even, I didn't want to leave my bedroom. I never socialised, no friends, no girlfriend, no nothing. Um, my life's just dwindling away, you know, what's the point anymore? I got really depressed, my depression kicked in, my mental health got really bad. It was just a really dark place, it was... Um, I felt, I mean, I even felt like suicide at one point. One friend from school, I mean, who calls Zin, he invited me out one night and um, the countless amount of times I said no and, and, and said I wasn't going out. This one time, some, I don't know, I just thought, you know what, you know, I will go out. And um, then Gareth, who I met at the bar, was, um, he introduced me into going to a job club. I met more friendly people, um, more, more, more nice people, and uh, they were looking for jobs as well as myself. That gave me a newfound confidence in myself. It gave me more self-esteem, you know, more reassurance. And, and it helped me uh, with my CV, did job club, you know. I started applying for jobs. So um, I got an interview, and the interview process went really well. And then I actually got a call back um, for another interview, a second interview. And I went, and I smashed that. <laughs> and then I landed myself a job. And it was like, wow, this is what I've wanted. I've got a job. I've been there one year, one month now. 
you know, doing really well in work. But to have a job, it means the world. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm actually doing something with myself. I'm not at home in that dark place. I'm out and about, you know, got my own money. Um, I feel more independent in myself. You know, it's, it's fantastic. Gareth actually um, introduced me into the church. Over time, I started going frequently to this light church, you know, on Sundays. And um, I found that everyone was like so, you know, open and nice and smiley and polite, you know, loving and caring. And then it spiralled off to where I was actually going to the Alpha course. Now I'm on the right path, I know I am, I've got the Lord on my side. So I made the uh, decision to get baptised. It's a totally different world, it's been flipped upside down on its head and it's like, this is the life I want and it'll leave the darkness behind, you know, no more of that. Push forward, you know, <laughs> it's great. There's no need to worry anymore, you know, you've got, you've got the strength of the Lord and Saviour and that is all you need. All I need is God, because I'm not going to change for nobody. Isn't that extraordinary? Just that's why we that's why we want to do it. Because we want to see lives changed. We want to see people turned around. There's so little hope around us right now. And that's why we want to step in there and do something about it. Okay. So a cap job club <laughs> is for anyone. Anyone. So if you know you're in that place right now of struggling to find work, it's for you. If you know there's people in our community, we know there's people in our community that are struggling to unlock the potential that they have inside them and to, to rediscover their confidence. You see, it's not just a course, it's a community, and it's a place for one-to-one -one challenge and support. It's a place for those that society has given up on. And we would love to, you to be involved in some specific ways, and you'll see these come up behind me. Now, we went live on Thursday, and we already have one client, and um, Anne, Anne Williams has done an amazing job behind the scenes just getting all this together. So we're so grateful to, for all that you have done. Um, we, we are just so excited for all of these different things. We're so excited because we feel the, well, the Lord has spoken to us, and we know that there are opportunities for us to step in and to make a meaningful difference in those lives of those around us. And there is an opportunity for each one of us to get involved. So if you're in the room at the end, I'd just encourage you to go and talk to the team over a coffee um, and get yourself involved. If you're online, there, are, there is a form that you can fill out and we will get you connected with the people that you've seen the images behind. Now, you may find yourself struggling in one of these areas. I want to make it so clear that this is for people within the church as much as, without, uh, as, much as outside. You know, I, as I shared before, Kathy and myself felt the benefit of, of these kind of things. And so I want to say, if you're struggling right now, don't struggle in silence. Come and talk to one of us. Come and get some prayer in a minute, but come and let's talk about some ways that we can help you to find the help that you need. But we long to see each individual in our communities lifted up from a place of brokenness and into a place where they know that there is a God who loves them and into, into the person that they were made to be. 
See, this is about changing the destiny of individuals and the future of the communities around us. And our communities need us to carry the good news of Jesus to them. This is what it means to be a kingdom carrier. <laughs>